Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The mountain range separating the Indian subcontinent from the Tibetan plateau where I can hide my old spice and keep my family from stealing it. My impossibly smooth skin will finally be safe. At Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, it's time to define luxury in a new way. At every turn, you'll find audacious design, state-of-the-art technology, and exceptional hospitality. We are dedicated to crafting the world's best vehicles, matched by an extraordinary sales-to-service experience for our owners. Prepare to be noticed in the 2023 Genesis G70. This sporty sedan is a force to be seen. We'd love you to explore the 2023 Genesis GV70 with a class-leading 300-horsepower engine or the available 375-horsepower twin-turbo V6 for terrains from concrete jungles to mountain roads. It's a new beginning for a new generation. Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, 1870 Covington Pike, or visit us online at memphisgenesis.com. Estimated horsepower based on premium fuel ratings. Use of regular fuel will result in reduced horsepower. See dealer for complete details. Dealer stock only. The NFL playoffs live on Odyssey. Westwood One brings you all the action from Wild Card Weekend. Streaming live on the free Odyssey app. And off McCaffrey runs the powers into the end zone. Touchdown 49ers. The excitement is contagious as teams start their journey towards the big game. End zone, right side, it is cut. Touchdown, Puka Nakua. Listen to every game live from Westwood One. Get in the game and download the free Odyssey app today. A-U-D-A-C-Y. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannato and Jeffrey show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter on X at JWright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program for us. Glad that he is with us. Sitting across from me is the Commercial Appeals Lead Sports Columnist. The Lead Sports Columnist, the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee. Barely. Tied for eighth. Best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter on X at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. You mentioned yesterday, Jeffrey, that January kind of flies by yeah. sports counter-wise. And thinking about it heading into Super Wild Card Weekend, it's a good. would you consider Super Wild Card Weekend? It's clearly not a top five sports weekend on the calendar, but is it like a 
a good weekend? You know, in your mind, do you view it very favorably? Like it stands out as a good weekend on the sports calendar? I'd say overall this is a good week. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we've been getting more and more boring national title games. Yeah. Um, but I think... I think I'd even put Super Wild Card Weekend ahead of Championship Weekend. I think Championship Weekend's depressing. The best weekend, the best best NFL weekend of the year, no questions. Next weekend, divisional divisional round. divisional round where you got Saturday, Sunday. Usually each game's pretty darn good. Yeah, that's a good weekend of football. Yeah, I like Super Wild Card Weekend. Just we get the extra game now, although now they're putting it on Peacock. But well, well no, I mean the extra game's always the Monday night game. Yeah, the only thing. The only problem I have with the Monday night game is the Monday night game is usually always going to be pretty anticlimactic. It's always going to be a 4-5 mm. because they want to be able to have the schedule set. And so that way, when you get to oh, a 4-5, yeah, wouldn't yeah, yeah. change anything. So yeah. they're always gonna, basically going to put that. Interesting. And well, then this year, your 4-5 game is potentially two quarterbacks that are hurt big time. Well, I mean, they are hurt, but it's like... Why not? Yeah, they'll be questionable for neither, the game. Jalen Hurts hasn't thrown a pass at practice this week, and I don't think Baker's practiced yet. <laughs> Lovely. Who can get, get ready for Monday Night Football on ESPN? <laughs> yeah, you, you sold that well. Um, but nonetheless, and then we've got, obviously, it's a holiday weekend as well. Grizzlies have three games in four days at FedEx Forum, and if you don't catch one of the three, uh, you might have to wait till February, almost February to... <laughs> To catch him at FedEx Forum again. Now, Jeff made me look this up this morning. Still plenty of good seats available <laughs> at a very at a very affordable price. Well, it's weather. It's weather, Tonight's, right? It's, it has nothing to do with the roster. It's weather, right, on Monday. Actually, Monday's the most expensive. Because it's the MLK well, and, I think it's and also, Warriors. Well, I think it's also dynamic pricing. Yeah. yeah the yeah. face value. Like well, the, it is. It's a, well, before the season, it looked like a really... Uh, I mean, it's still going to be Steph Curry coming to town. Steph Curry, but yeah, it, but you thought, yeah, you were you, hoping before yeah. the season it was, yeah, Grizzly, kind of the Grizzlies' first spotlight moment almost after Ja returning, and obviously that is not the case now. But And then uh, on Sunday we've also got Tigers at Wichita State, which, you know, once upon a time, remember when Wichita State joined the league and it was like, all right, they got like another good team in the league, and it's like... Big ad. <laughs> what did that last, a year? It always goes to show, it's... Partly why I kind of get what VCU's doing if VCU does jump ship. Well, I don't know if they are or aren't. That, that report was never confirmed. That would make me feel better mm-hmm. because I didn't think that made sense at all. When yeah. these school, like we look at it like when when these specific schools, it's like Gonzaga going to the Big 12, I would advise them not to do that. Mm-hmm. That would be very, although shout out to them. They lost last night in a fashion that like was very ungonzaga. They might not win the Mount. They might not win the West Coast Conference. No, they this will. Year. The, the league still. The league's okay. actually the comparative. They did now. They lost for the first time since I think I was in college to Santa Clara. But they, there's still no like. There's not a clear. It's not like St. Mary's is like they're ready for the taking. Yeah. Like no one. St. Mary's is actually worse than they were last year. Yeah. Well, uh, lots we could be talking about coming out of the weekend. We'll discuss it here in a second. Uh, including uh, some uh, breaking news, sort of anticlimactic, it felt developing like, by the news. end. Developing news about the Alabama coaching surge. Blake Topmeyer, the SEC columnist from USA Today Network, will join us at 2.40, get his thoughts on Alabama, 
on uh, everything that's happened uh, since Nick Saban's retirement, um, as well as uh, yesterday's news at Florida State, I thought was really interesting. Someone actually getting not maybe not. I don't know if you call it a significant penalty, but more than a slap on the wrist for NIL recruiting violations, essentially. Yeah, I mean it's the. I mean, it's the first time we've seen them, like, try to go after someone. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't – they're not major penalties, but they're also not, like, nothing. I keep waiting for a school to finally just be like – they get NCAA penalties and be like, no. No, yeah. We I refuse. Think, I think we might – if there's going to be a school out there that would do it, Florida State. Yeah, yeah we refuse. No. Yeah, we – no. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? You suspend him. <laughs> this guy's going to show up on game day. <laughs> this guy's going to play in the game. Yeah. Sorry. Um – yeah, then 3 o'clock or so, we will get into the list. Uh, the New England Patriots already have a new head football coach. Um, and uh, the game I'm most looking for... Well, I want to get your thoughts on the Dolphins-Kansas City playoff game. Because on paper, that was the game that had the most kind of pizzazz, right? Of what Super Wild Card Weekend. Um, Take out like like it depends. Just based you, on the people involved, the players involved, the teams involved. Like you had this high flying offense of the Dolphins, kind of this sexy team this season against. Even though they're not, they, they certainly don't look as good as. I mean, they're the defending Chiefs champions. Teams. You still got Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and they're the defending Super Bowl champs. Well, Taylor Swift's first playoff run. Well, and then you've got this added part of. It might be the coldest NFL game ever, potentially. Tickets available for fifty dollars. Um, so, I, and, and oh, by the way, it's also not going to be. It's going to be the first playoff game not on over-the-top television. Yeah, but I it's, think that's exactly how they want it. Yes. Yeah, so well, I want to get into it. In, well, in and the also, list. we can discuss the NFL starting to lose in court a little bit. Mm, okay, and then we'll uh, we'll dive into our games of the weekend. Um, but let's start. Let's 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 start local, and then we'll go national here in terms of what we're going to be talking about coming out of the weekend. So, both basketball teams in action. I think we start with the Tigers here because, no offense to the Grizzlies, like there's more. There's just there's always more at stake in college basketball games, and now but more especially than ever. Yeah. now with you know Memphis fourteen and two, and. Maybe, you know, putting itself in position for the type of seed it wants in the NCAA tournament. Um, it's entirely possible they a, a win on Sunday means a top 10 ranking. Yes. Um, and then, you, obviously, the Grizzlies, listen, they're, they're going to still compete. But, you know, with the news yesterday, uh, the news really the last 72 hours or so, 96 hours, that they've lost John Morant for the season and Marcus Smart for at least six weeks. Uh, you know, like... Let's just be realistic here. The games take on a different meaning now, it feels like. Um, so, Tigers going to Wichita State. It's going to be really cold there, too. Because it's the same way, you know, and they're they're going to be in Kansas, just like that Kansas City Chiefs game. Um, Chiefs game's technically in Missouri, but continue. Yeah, well, yeah, okay. Same, yeah, you're right. Um, I got to get better with my ge- geography. Um, the byline would say Kansas City, Missouri. No, you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I think, and so... Um, and obviously, Memphis coming off a very shaky performance against UTSA. But as you mentioned, with the way college basketball has gone this season and really over the last week or so with all these ranked teams falling, 
uh, and losing, as you mentioned, in position with a win to you know maybe be a top ten team come Monday, despite the fact that they are now what what are they fifty in the net? Um, yeah, I didn't look this morning. I know. I think actually they might have gone up a spot in Ken Palm. Um, and people have taken notice that Joe Lenardi in his latest bracket sheet, he he before the UTSA game, he had Memphis as a four seed, and I think maybe his top four seed, they are no longer appearing on the four seed mm. line. So which would I presume they move he moved them down to a five seed. Um and that would be because of their metrics. I'm gonna continue to advocate not putting too much stock into that stuff this early. Um it's still only January twelfth. But yeah, they no, so they actually they moved down in the net again yesterday. They're now fifty two. Um, so I don't know who lost last night of teams they beat or played, but uh they they're now fifty two. Sometimes in the net. moving down though is not necessarily you moving down, it's people someone moving, moving ahead up. of you. I think if you keep winning, it'll take care of itself enough where it won't be a, it won't be a something that keeps you out of I'm just not willing to go. That, I, I'm not willing to go that far. I think it's entirely possible that that is the case. I also, think I also that, just think it's too early to be really yes, focusing. I, I, on I agree it. with that. You know, it's just too early. Um, and really, the key for Memphis here is you're going to be playing at a place that's tough to win. They have won there in the past, I believe. Yeah, um, they won Penny's, Penny's, I know Penny's first year they won there. Those are big. Those are big. Like, yes, you're right. That was kind of his first really big win. It felt they've like. actually had pretty good success there. I feel like under Penny, Wichita State. I think also though it might it might go hand in hand because I think Penny always viewed that as a big game. Mm, and they yeah. seem to get up for it. Yeah, Wichita State's lost six of its last seven games um, coming into this. Most recently, they lost at Temple last Sunday, but they've had they've had a week. They're gonna have a week to prepare for Memphis. Uh, but they're zero and two in league play here. They lost, they lost at home to North Texas, and then they lost to Temple away. So, not not the same sort of home court advantage that they've traditionally had. It appears um, they also lost to South Dakota State at home this year. So they've actually lost. Yeah, they've lost two of their last three home games. Wichita State um, first year under Paul Mills, the old uh, Oral Roberts coach, the guy who led Oral Roberts on those tournament runs. Um, I don't know. I don't. I think if Memphis plays crummy, I I, th- I don't think Memphis has to play great to win this game. I don't know if you can play the way you've played the last couple games, uh, or especially maybe two of the last three, the Tulsa and the like. If you go in and play like you did against Tulsa at Wichita State, I think you might have some trouble. Probably. I mean, I think it, I think the way I'd say it is, if you play like you did the first half against SMU, you're definitely losing. Probably, yeah, because it's going to be much harder to come from behind yeah. like that. Now, I it, mean, the, the thing that I really struggled with on Tuesday is like Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. sorry. We know, like, when you give up that many points, like you didn't play well defensively. The more you think about, it, like, I'm still not convinced. Like, they played terribly. They they played terribly defensively. If you watch it, they just they they were given up just you know straight line drives. Like a lot of those threes were. They were just driving kick. Dry, you know, they were just giving up the lane and then help would come and they'd overhelp. And Penny Penny talked about it after the game. Like he part of their defensive style is they switch everything and help a lot. Um, but he said he was maybe gonna adjust and say, like, you know, it's just mono and mono at this point. Um what I would point out is at various times under Penny Hardaway, 
they have struggled defending the three-point line because of the way they play defense. This, you know, they switch everything. You can, you know, there are, you know, ultimately there are benefits to what Penny, how Penny plays defense, and there are counters to it that can work. Usually, over the six years he's been head coach, the way he, the aggressive way he plays defense more often than not dictates to the other team. But there are counters that you can run. It's not like some infallible defense. Ultimately, there's no such thing. Um, and what I think is interesting, if you I mean, really there is an, there is one infallible defense. It's just not realistic. What's that? Playing man to man with with players that are better every yeah, single time. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, but, that will work. But 100% still, every of the time. team's going to give up some buckets. You know what I mean? Like yeah. every team's giving up buckets yeah. at some point again at the college level. But what if you really dig down deep into the numbers of their defense this year? Because remember, I mentioned yesterday metrically. As of right now, it would be the worst defense Penny's had since his first season. And there's been dips across the board to create that. But it's really in a lot of categories, like team a defensive you know shooting percentage and stuff like that. Like it's a teams are shooting a little better against them than some of their best defenses, but not dramatically better. You know where you know where there's been a drop off this year? Uh, rebounding. No, because they've been a bad defensive rebounding team. Like there's turnover the, rate. Yes, they're not forcing turnovers. Don't have active quite, hands. Quite the way. Well, no, I think what it is is I don't. It's they're all these new position. players. They're not. They're not as good at the press as they were. You lost. You know, like I don't every, feel like he's pressing as much too. No, yeah, he's doing it more strategically. And then, like, let's be honest. Like, you can complain. People complain sometimes about Alex Lomax. You know, he's really good at. <laughs> Steals. Like, he was always among, like, the nation's leaders in steals. Um, And so they're missing that dynamic, which was, you know, one of the ways in which Penny's defense covers up. Yeah, you might get caught in switches and give up some threes, but you know what? You're going to force 22 turnovers, you know? Like, and that can offset a lot of that stuff. And they're not quite, you know, they're not bad, but it's, it's quite the, it's not quite the same as it's been most seasons for them defensively. Like, right, this year, in terms of defensive uh, turnover percentage, um, they rank 96th in the country. Um, last year, which wasn't even a great defense, they were 52nd in the country. Year before that, I guess they were 60th in the country with uh, with the Jalen Duran team. 35th in the country when they had the number one defense you know, in the country. So there's been a drop-off there. But I also think they've played good defense at times. Remember the second half of the Missouri game? Um, Really, like, that stretch um, where they won the back-to-back-to-back, you know, against Virginia, I thought their defense was really good. Um, Second half against SMU, their defense was really good. Uh, Yeah, but, I mean, like, the problem on a lot of these— They can play defense. Well, the problem on a lot of these, though, is, okay, well, like, Missouri's proven to not be a great offensive team. Mm Mm-hmm. Virginia is not a great offensive team. Like SMU, the thing that the thing that I thought stood out about Sunday was, I think had SMU just shot the ball a little better in the first half, like they might have knocked the Tigers out. And I thought the important thing was that thing went to the half at like ten. You know, if if SMU hits probably, you know, instead of shooting eleven percent from three in the first half, they shoot twenty percent. I mean, you might be talking about a twenty point lead at the half. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I will be interested to see how they respond to that defensive performance. Wichita State is not a good offensive team. Um, they uh, 
they're 204th in efficiency <laughs> offensively this year. Uh, and they're, they're, they're uh, particularly bad shooting the three-pointer. Like, if they shoot well, like, at least UTSA, you could say, well, UTSA shoots a lot of threes and makes a lot of threes. I don't, they, they have a decent – they're pretty good at three-pointers. That's, like, the only thing they're good at. Um, Wichita State's not good at shooting threes. So, if that you know, if you're giving up a bunch of threes again, that would be uh, a bad sign. And it's interesting. You have these two contrasts of – feels like Wichita State might be due for a win, losing six of seven. Uh, but it also feels like isn't Memphis kind of due to play, like, a good game like, you know what I mean? They played five kind of meh games in a row, and aren't they due to have a good game, like a really good performance? Yeah, but I've been saying that for two straight games. Yeah, that's true. It's a J- Jaquan Walton revenge game, potentially. Is it a revenge game if you leave? Like, yeah. people keep doing the whole Stafford's revenge game. This is not a Stafford revenge game. This is a Jared Goff revenge game. Well, it'll be interesting. If you're the one that leaves, it's not revenge. Well, it's more. it's more like a... How do you respond to people booing you? Like they're gonna boo them probably, and like how do you? Are respond we sure to that? they're gonna be there? Yeah, weather. Yeah, it's gonna be cold. Well, it's inside. It's like this is like yeah, but like it's a good is... place to go to keep warm. You can be in you know a bunch. Who wants of... to drive in that? In the cold? It's just well, what it's if it's wa- bad roads? Yeah, I don't think it's. Is it supposed to snow in Kansas? And and I always assume there's a chance. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, it's uh. It's just going to be interesting to me how they respond to all of this. You know, like, we haven't seen them respond really yet to the fact that they've kind of, you know, Penny is now, like, ultimately, you know, he's called them out. He's he's taken the, well, you know, like, at least we're winning approach. Like, at some point, they got to snap out of this a little bit, right? They're not just, or are they going to be like a team that just trudges along and ekes out wins. I guess the way I would say it is you would like for them to snap out of it. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I don't know. I keep thinking that they're going to snap out of it, and they haven't yet. At some point, they're going to play a good game. I do agree with you on that. Yeah. But is that Sunday? I don't know. I mean, even even bad teams play good games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah it'll be... I don't know. I don't have a great feel for this because I... Because I, f- I haven't really watched Wichita State play much I mean, this I would year, just to be like quite to know, honest. No, I, don't even, I honestly care less about that. I just would like to know, what are the games that this team cares about? Because yeah. I think that's going to help. And maybe, maybe the Walton factor helps you care about it more. Uh, I, I could buy into that. Um, yeah, may, you know, maybe. Because it seems to me to be a motivation thing more than anything right now. Yeah, that's probably right. Um, and you don't like the fact that they do feel like they have the sense of, well, we can just turn it on. Yeah. You know? Like, no, I mean, like, I don't know. This is kind of where I've struggled with how to feel about it. On a certain level, you do you do kind of assume if you play this many close games, you're going to get burned. Yeah. That, that's kind of the, the, the idea, at least. Mm-hmm. They haven't really yet. I mean, the game they got, I guess, burned was back early in the process. Like, they kind of – but. The Ole Miss game, but at the same time, mm-hmm. we hadn't really been seeing that from this team. Like they were, they'd played yeah. close games against good teams. So, I mean, you'd like to think that they're going to get burned, but it does feel like every time they've had to like flip it on to go and win the game, they've just been better. Here's a question: If you're Penny Hardaway, are you talking to this, your team about hey, like we may be ranked 13th, but like look at what they're t- look at these metrics? I don't think so. It feels like a tough 
Tough sell. Yeah, tough sell. That's what I'm saying. It's like too early. It's too early for all this. Oh, they they dropped out of the top four. Oh no, they're 50 in Ken Palm. It's like yeah, I don't know. It's just too early for it. Um, but it'll be it's a tough road game, tough place to play. Um, third game in seven days for Memphis. Um, I don't know if that'll factor into it at all. But uh, and then do we think? I, I actually kind of think that might help. Like I think it's. I think after that performance, I'd kind of want to get back on the floor sooner. I think Penny did some yelling at practice this week. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of trying to sniff out whether or not a coach is going to go like yell at the half. Mm-hmm. Like that's always a great second half betting opportunity if you think that like you can see like the the veins popping in a coach's head, you know that he's about to just go ripping him at half. Always a good one. And then if you know that there's been a good week of practice of yelling, I'm a big believer in that, too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You, yelling can work. Yelling goes two ways, You can't though. do it too much. Yeah. Or you have to be someone that's like an incest. You have to do it like Cal does, where Cal just yells all the time. But you can't You can't just use it as like a, a magic trick. Like a, every time we're playing bad, I'm just going to start yelling. I don't yelling. sense Penny being a big yelling coach. I, I think he's like a, he can be a stern coach and like a... I don't know if vicious is the right angry. word. I think he can get pretty angry. But I don't think he I think you're right, he can get angry, but I don't know if he yells that much. But mm. maybe this is the time. I'm sure he's done it. He does it like well, two or three times a year. This is a great time to start. You think this is a yell this yeah. is a yell time. This is a yell time. This is a yell time. All right. Well we'll see how they Again, respond. Again, you can't go to the whip too much. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, no, that's right. You can't just do it the whole race. Uh but yeah, Tigers, Wichita State. I believe it's a noon tip off. Oh god, yes. Um in uh in Wichita. That, is, that screams T V three for me. Oh yeah? Oh yeah. Okay. Sunday afternoon, yeah. Yeah, Sunday afternoon, noon tip off. Yeah. Well no, not Sunday, not afternoon. Sunday literally at noon. Sunday yes. literally at noon. Yes, and it is on do we know what channel it's on? That feels like ESPN or ESPN two. Um, it's gonna be it's, it's counter, gonna be up against football. It's counter programmed against Bills Steelers. ESPN. It's on main yeah. e, you're getting main ESPN for this one. That's usually not a great sign. Oh though. no 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 no. I take it back. Plus the deuce. Uh, the, deuce. the deuce. The deuce. Yeah. It's the deuce. Do you know the thing that I love about these games? This is a pre recorded halftime. Like when they yeah, send it to the studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, why are they talking about it? Why are they talking about a game that Here's, two days ago? And I think we're getting I think. We're getting the remote crew, John Schriffen and Tim Welsh. I think we're getting the remote. Maybe, crew. but they've had they've had crews show up at games, and I'm like, I can't believe that they're not remote. <laughs> like the the SMU game, stunned to see that. Yes, like that. Hold on, first of January, first of January conference game in the AAC. That reeks of you. We are not spending a dime. Well, we'll see. That'll, that'll, that'll be the other big question. Do John Schriffen and Tim Walsh? I don't like John Schriffen either. He's like the younger. You'll, I know. I know. Yeah. Tim Walsh, he used to coach Providence, I want to say, Tim Walsh. Sure. Um, yeah, but we'll see. Are they remote have, or in Wichita? You could have thrown out about 150 <laughs> schools, and I would have said, okay. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but noon on ESPN2, Tigers looking to win their 10th game in a row and maybe – Maybe jump into the top ten. I mean, if they were in the top ten, that'd be the biggest would that'd be the best accomplishment for the program in a long time. Well, didn't he get him into the top ten during the Wiseman year? 
I think they got to nine. I think they were nine. Yeah, I think, I think you're they right. got to nine. I think you're right. It's amazing. But this, Mark, not this late in the season. Where do you finish? That's all that matters. Yeah, that's all that matters. You're right. I mean, ultimately, no one's going to remember they were top ten if they flame out in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Yes. Um, so, but that's a ways off. Uh, all right, then we got Grizzlies, Jeffrey. Three games in four nights starting tonight. Clippers in town, 7 o'clock tip. You can listen to it right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. Uh, Grizzlies will be... Uh, we'll have Jaron Jackson Jr. back. He's fine. Um, no way. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously, no Marcus Smart, no John Morant, uh, no everyone else who's been hurt all the year. Uh, this is the. Would you say this is the? Was the was the Dallas game the first game of the rest of the season, or is tonight the first game? I think of you got to say tonight. Season? I think you got to say tonight because Marcus Smart played really well against Dallas for when he was in there. And he played still, what, three and a half quarters? Or mm-hmm. He got hurt late in the third, right? I think it was late in the third. No, it was like, it was like in his first – it was towards the end of his, like, first stint in the third quarter. So it wasn't at the end of the third, but it was probably like midway, Mid- little over midway through the third quarter. They had built the lead with him, clearly. Yes, yeah. I no. think you got to say tonight because now – here's the legitimate question. Who's their point guard? Are we back to Gilliard? I think tonight you start Bain at point guard, maybe throw, you know, you'd go with that lineup where you have, like, Bain, like... I mean, I, last time, what did they do? What did they do? They did, like, Bain, Luke. I think you go Bain. Oh, we didn't, we haven't talked about, uh, Bismack's been waived. Bismack's been waived and did, Vince has and a, Vince new contract. a new contract. Well, no, I think the starting, my guess would be you go Bain, Kennard, Vince, Vince. Williams, Jaron, Tillman tonight. That probably makes the most sense. Um, and then, like, Conchar will probably get an elevated role because he can handle the ball some. You know what I'm doing? I don't here? think they're going Gilliard. You know what I would be doing? Getting me a lot of Gilliard. Especially because tonight, tonight well, the, 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 the Clippers don't have, like, a traditional point guard more, either. No, 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 no. More importantly, look at the statement that Portland made last night. Mm-hmm. Portland flexed and said, you want this fourth spot in the lottery? Come and get it. See, I don't. I, so I was with the team yesterday for a little bit for this MLK event, mm-hmm. and I don't get this. The problem's going to be is like they don't have that mindset. No, no, no. That's why I'm saying, mm-hmm. get me some Gilliard. <laughs> I want for, force that it mindset. It doesn't on really them. matter what Gilliard wants or doesn't want. Not Gilliard. You mean the team? I mean the team. I know. Yeah. But I'm saying play the five foot eight point guard. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. Because also, I the, think that's going to happen, but it's not going to happen yet. Well, the other interesting thing that DeMichael was telling me, DeMichael Cole, the Grizzlies B-Rod, I didn't know this. So every player on a two-way can play or be active for up to 50 games, mm-hmm. but you're only allowed to use apparently like 90 appearances total amongst your two-way players over the course of the year. And they need to save those two-ways for a big man that they're gonna they're about to sign via two-ways. And so... Gilliard's appearances are going to be very limited. Well, that's very from disappointing here to hear. Yeah, that like to to your point, they didn't. I believe Gilliard. I think Gilliard. I think he's with the team right now. They were called Laravia to the team tonight. Like he's going to be with the team. Hooray! Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he's going to play. But Although I, in my scenario, give me some. Yeah, me, like, uh, in your scenario, lots of Laravia. In your scenario, let's see what we have. Yeah, you know, come on. Um, but uh, no, it's going to be something that rhymes with Jake. There's something there about tanking with Jake. <laughs> Someone more clever than I am can come up with that. For the sake of Jake? Yeah. <laughs> um, Rake with Jake. 
Uh, Step on the rake. Put in Jake. <laughs> um, they got the Clippers tonight. Clippers have been playing pretty well, by and large. Uh, yes, this, this is season. hard. This is Harden Paul George's thriving time. Yeah. Like, who who looks better in January? <laughs> Nobody. One, it's like they have this nice dynamic where they have them, and then Russell Westbrook comes off the bench and gives them like a nice jolt. Yeah. Their big adjustment has been not only moving him to the bench, but like. You're playing like 20 minutes. Yeah, no, he doesn't play. Yeah, no, 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 I agree. They, they don't play him. You're getting in. about 10 and a half. No, he has, though, when you watch, like they don't play him with the other dudes really as much. Yeah, they can't have that stink on him. Yeah, well, and it's just like he needs the ball in his hands a lot. And so. Well, he doesn't, no, 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 he doesn't need it. He, he wants, wants it. He wants it in his hands. And, like unfortunately, the way he plays. and unfortunately, he plays point guard. Um, but then they also have Kawhi Leonard. So it's obviously, you know, it's going to be a tough one. But it's at home. First home game in a while. They're coming off. Like. I asked them yesterday, like, it was Taylor Jenkins, Vince Williams, and Jaron Jackson Jr. talking to us. And, like, I was just like, what, what is this like where you have to balance, like, the three best performances of the season, the best road trip in a long time? I mean, I, I, I think you can collectively say that they will probably not have three games this year better than those three games. But like that, if you look at if you broke it up anyway on the schedule, mm-hmm. those are going to be three of the best like consecutive games they're going to play all year. But then they come with Phrasing. the added baggage of you lost John Morant for the year, and now you've lost Marcus Smart for the foreseeable future. Um, like, what are those emotions like? What is the mood of the team essentially? Like, how are you handling it? And, you know, like I don't, short long story short, I don't. I don't know because who knows, you know, whatever they said to me was like, I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe. Um, like they said, they said like everything's great. You know, we they feel really confident after that road trip. And I think that's probably right. At the same time, like I don't think that means anything long term. The problem is, no, I, I think vibes are, like if you consider, I'm not sure vibes were ever that good in a game without John Morant this year. The closest would probably be the statement Boston loss, mm-hmm. which at one point on the calendar was their best win, the loss <laughs> to Boston. Um, maybe that first Denver loss at home. Remember before we knew like just how bad it was. Remember they like they gave a spirited, yeah. they like a spirited four point loss or something well, this like that. One, the, the the Dallas game felt even more. No, it, it just because Jaron was out too. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, it like was, that was a vibe. Vibes were high. The problem is now, now that you're you're getting back into the same problem that caused 6 and 19, which is okay, it's not just all the injuries. It's now your worst players, guys that really don't belong. Mm-hmm. They are all going to have to play now. Yeah. And they're playing a lot. Like one thing I give this is my whole deal with when everyone does the whole, you know, Penny can't cut his rotation down, that's just who he is. Well, Taylor Jenkins was like the ultimate 10-man rotation guy. And what was his big adjustment? He started cutting it down. Just mm-hmm. didn't have as many good players. Yeah, he still plays a lot of. He still plays nine or ten guys. Well, that's because the back end of the rotation is still bad. But yeah, yeah. I mean, no, but he was playing like. But if you looked at it, like there were there were guys that were getting like four minutes a game, and yeah, like yes, they technically would play nine or ten. But if you would look at the bulk of the minutes, it was like eight guys. So like, how are you gonna? So, so if this is the I mean, now, it's like. I well, mean, the question is. If this is the first game of the rest of the season, how are you going to digest Grizzlies from here on out? Like, you know, we've got three games in four days here. Are you going to be locked in? I mean, I watch, obviously, because it's my job. But 
But I'm talking more from like the fan perspective. Like, how how do you handle the energy, this right now? I think the energy is going to be way down. Yeah. Now it is. This, it's a you know the Monday's game is a special one on the calendar every year, and it is. Have they played Golden State yet this year? I believe this will be the first game. This will be the first game against Golden State. They're going to be in turmoil. Has Draymond? Draymond hasn't come back yet, right? Yeah. Oh uh, well, I mean, I don't know if he's playing. He's not playing. He's yet. been sitting on the bench moping. It'll be interesting if he plays he's on been Monday. Very, I don't know if you caught him on the bench. Very mopey on the bench. Very mopey. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see if that's because they're in, they're in kind of turmoil right now. You know, not because of injuries, but because of you know. Well, they're running ha- into the face of their mortality. Well, I was say, they're, having to, they're having to come to grips with reality. Yeah, like uh, they're coming to grips with the dynasty is over. Um, but that'll be an interesting one on Monday that I'm looking forward to as well. Um, Wins will always be fun. Yeah. Especially at home. Like, I'm not denying. And I think the reality is they can't get to the top of the tank anyway. Mm-hmm. So I think you just, like, I'm not really concerned with. Well, that was a like when the Giants were winning games for no reason with Tommy DeVito. That angered me. Like you wouldn't be angry if let's say they 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 had a three and a weekend. I wouldn't be upset if they rally and like, hey, you know what? We're gonna try and go for the ten spot. You know, like no. I mean, at least it give them at least. I don't think they can. Yeah. Like I, no, no, no. I'm not saying yeah. The problem. I'm just saying. Let's say in our in our scenario. Sure. Yeah, they're like you know they can go. I don't think it's possible. But yes. Yeah. By all no. Means. I mean it feels very very unlikely given the personnel situation. But um, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how they look this first first game of the rest of the season tonight against the Clippers. Um, all right. Let's talk to Blake Topmeyer because we've got news on the Alabama football coaching search front. It appears the Crimson Tide have their Nick Saban successor, um, and it appears Jimmy Sexton... Uh, it's uh, official now. Feldman. Okay. It appears Jimmy Sexton has had a, has had a very Actually, successful he's had, he's a 72 hours yeah. or so. Uh, we're going to talk to Blake Tymeyer. He's the SEC columnist for the USA Today Network. We're going to talk about him... Talk to him about all this next. You're listening to Giannotto and Jeffrey on 92.9 FM. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. 
Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. One thing. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Blake Topmeyer is the SEC columnist for the USA Today Sports Network. His podcast, SEC Football Unfiltered. You can download it each and every week wherever you get your podcasts. Follow him on Twitter, on X. At B. Topmeyer, Blake, you and I were texting earlier this week, and I didn't think it would go this way, but we were kind of talking that, you know, Alabama should go get Kalen DeBoer, and yet here we are. It looks like Alabama went and got Kalen DeBoer. Uh, yeah, I don't want to say that uh, I masterminded this whole thing. Yeah, of course. Maybe I masterminded this whole thing, right? My initial column after Saban's retirement was that uh, this, this coaching search should start with Kalen DeBoer, and, and it looks like it's going in that direction. I, I don't think there was any candidate who checked all of the boxes for Alabama. I think Kalen DeBoer checks an awful lot of the boxes. Um, I, I think shy of Steve Sarkeesian, who I never thought would leave Texas for this job, I, I thought DeBoer uh, probably gave Alabama the best chance of getting this thing right. So there's obviously going to be the question of fit. Do you care about that? I think it matters. What I don't care about to a certain degree are these comparisons to Brian Harson. You know, the folks on the sure. planes are going to be uh, spreading the narrative that, uh, I mean, he's a lot more uh, successful uh, than Brian Harson was before. Exactly. I, I think it's a misguided notion. Um, however, that's the narrative he's going to be up against. I mean, Auburn fans have already dubbed him Husky Harson. Um, again, I think it's an, it's an unfair comparison. I kind of I mean, love that, though. Yeah, that's like a double entendre because he is kind of a beefier guy. Like yeah, he's it's a great nickname, yeah, no doubt. And if I he's no longer a receiver. Overnight. He's definitely a blocking tight end. Like you know, he's you're not splitting him out anymore. I, I kind of like that one. Yeah, Auburn should be uh, pumping that narrative. But yeah. in terms of realities, uh, it, he just he just took Washington to the national championship, right? And, and even though I think we all felt like Michigan was going to win that game as it unfolded, he had Washington competitive into the fourth quarter. He's five and zero. Oh against Steve Sarkeesian and Dan Lanning. Like, you know, Dan Lanning's the boy wonder who's revered by uh, the, the National Press Corps, but Kalen is the guy that beats Dan Lanning every time they, they step on the field together, even though Dan Lanning has higher-rated recruits and has better resources at Oregon. Now, I think the recruiting thing is a fair question. Um, like, I don't think he's Brian Harson 2.0, but one thing Harson struggled with, uh, and I don't think he really tried, was building the types of recruiting relationships necessary to succeed in the SEC. I mean, that will be, um, you know, some headwinds that Kalen DeBoer is going up against because not only is he an outsider who's got to build relationships and a new footprint, but also, you know, he's swimming in the same waters now as 
Kirby Smart, Hugh Freeze, and Mike Norvell, uh, three very good recruiters, and Kirby, with Saban retired, is the nation's and best. And frankly, recruiters. Sarkeesian and Lane, yeah. even, you know, like they're going yeah. to be going Brian with Kelly. all these guys. Yeah, Brian Kelly. Yeah, he's, he's swimming in some competitive recruiting waters. That will be the biggest adjustment. I mean, doesn't mean he can't do it, though. Um, and, and like I said, I don't think there was anyone who checked all of the boxes. I would be most comfortable with DeBoer, given that you know he's young enough to still do this for a long time, but I think he's experienced enough and comfortable enough in his own skin, by all accounts, that he's got a chance of kind of doing the impossible here of, of following Saban. Well, and listen, some might say he's a great fit. Alabama replaced a coach whose last game was a loss to Michigan and Jim Harbaugh mm, yes, with a coach whose last game <laughs> was a loss to Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. That's, that's Perfect great, fit. That's great sports writing. Yeah, there. great fit. Yeah, good point. And, and the other thing is, like, I mean, <laughs> Saban – Saban's going to have an office in the building, which I just think, like, I, I get it. Like, if Saban wants an office in the building, you can't tell him, like, hey, man, sorry, but you're out of here. Like, that, that doesn't work. If he, want, if he wants to stay around and have an office, that's fine. But you need someone who is established enough, confident enough, and, and frankly has enough of Saban's respect that he's not going to feel like he has to look over his shoulder all the time at the guy down the hall who won seven national titles, right? And so – that's why I think among the many reasons why DeBoer makes sense for this job. Well, here, here's my question. Jeffrey has said, like, you know, Jeffrey, correct me if I'm wrong here. It's your belief, like, Saban ultimately had a very big hand yes. in who his successor. I, I think he got was, to, I think, I think Nick Saban, I think Nick Saban endorsed Kalen DeBoer. It, like, and it makes sense. He tried to get his offensive coordinator yeah. just last year. Um, but, like, do you think, for instance, like, do we think Kalen DeBoer knew he was going to be the Alabama coach or there was a decent shot he could be the Alabama coach when he coached the national championship game on Monday? I think that's possible. I think I do believe what Saban told ESPN, I believe it was yesterday, it's all happening so fast. Uh, he, you know, he told ESPN that this was, he didn't know for sure he was going to retire until the day he told his players he was going to retire. Now, that doesn't mean. He woke up this, that morning and thought for the first time, hmm, should I retire or not? Like, I'm sure this, this had been a thought process he'd been going through for, uh, for a while, but, uh, but I do think the ultimate decision on Saban's end probably came after the Rose Bowl. That doesn't mean that there wasn't some idea of, well, what happens if Saban retires, you know, if he decides that this is it, what's the plan here? So I think it's, it's possible, uh, especially because Kalen DeBoer and Nick Saban share an agent, Jimmy Sexton, well, newly who represents half the sport, but new, they newly uh, share an agent. That was the first, that was the first, uh, Oh, maybe this, that was the first clue for me. Like, Oh, maybe this is where this is headed. When all of a sudden right, it's announced yeah. that, that DeBoer is signing with Jimmy. Yeah, DeBoer changed agents during the season, and, and that was kind of quiet, I think, for a while. Like, uh-huh. I don't think that, that, that didn't happen like yesterday. Um, I believe Jimmy Sexton's uh, represented DeBoer for a little while now, but it was, I believe it was a during-the-season change. So, yeah, did that happen because DeBoer knew he was going to Alabama? Maybe not. That might be um, you know a little bit of a stretch, but did that perhaps make this all the uh, more easier to, to happen and, and kind of facilitate this transition. Yeah, I think, I think it probably helped, right? right? Like, I, I think it was always assumed, probably correctly assumed, 
that this hire would come from the Jimmy Sexton tree. And if you look at it, I mean, the guys who didn't get hired were Sexton clients getting raises in the past 48 hours. And then the one who did get hired was another Sexton client. Yeah, I keep wondering, is one of, like, Jimmy almost every year will paint a new Mona Lisa. Like, he's just on a roll right now. Getting Mike Norvell that extension within 24 hours of sanctions coming down to Florida State, that's, I got to tell you what, that's a new one. That was one I was like, damn, he really is the best. Like, there's nobody better than him. Yeah, nobody's nobody's caring about those sanctions in this moment at Florida State, right? They're just no, they're not. Well, I was laughing with Mark. It's like, I keep waiting for a school to get sanctions, and then the school just be like, no. Yeah. I think if I think if there is a school that's going to do it, Florida State would be like in the top five of my list. That's a good point. Yeah, Florida State, uh, they they would top the list of doing a lot of things. Like right? going full and, going full and, Cartman. And like Kirk, you know, you get grounded. Like no. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. What they, what Florida State is alleged to do here is that an assistant coach essentially facilitated a meeting with the with a collective, right? Literally transported. Literally, like, put him in the car and transported him. Like, isn't that what everyone in the country is doing? Well, it's the same. Yeah, it's pretty, it seems like pretty small-time stuff. But, I, I mean, I it, wouldn't you agree with this always, though? It's never – I've. I know everyone loves to do the, this, that's it, that's it. It's like every single time it's the same story. It's not what you did. It's the fact that you got caught. Like, that's right. the that's the question for me. It's like – when I was reading the story, I know everyone was going like, that's it, that's it, really? Like, oh, we're going to do this, I roll, I roll. And my first question was, how did they get caught? Did they turn themselves in? Did Mims go back and tell Georgia this is what happened? If so, yeah, they, if so, Kirby going, <laughs> that might be Kirby, that might be Kirby going full, you know, gangster style. And then on the other hand, like an instance we can think of in the last few years where we didn't necessarily say that's it was the Tennessee case where yeah. there was just a, a laundry list of uh, violations. And, um, you know, maybe there was no one single violation that make, made you think like, oh, my gosh, they did what? But when you looked at it in the totality, I mean, it was one of the, um, the biggest cheating scandals that's been uncovered as it pertains to recruiting. And yet what ultimately happens? Like everybody kind of settled on the fall guy. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt becomes the fall guy. He gets, you know, the massive show cause and, and Tennessee marched forward with, without really facing much penalty at all. Uh, and, and to boot, they got to get rid of their uh, failing coach without paying his buyout. Right. So, I mean, I, I just think anymore in this era of NCAA enforcement, I, I don't think these schools, are particularly worried about any sort of crippling sanctions from the NCAA. Now, if you're made the fall guy in, in one of these sure. investigations, then, yeah, I, I think you ought to be a little bit worried then. But as, as far as, like, if you're a successful head coach, if you're the if you're the program, you're not worried too much about the NCAA getting in your way. Who's the happiest person today that Nick Saban's retired? Is it Hugh? I think it's you. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's funny you ask that because I was thinking about this a couple days ago. I thought, you know, I thought like, ah, is it Kirby? Uh, I mean, Kirby was sitting pretty before. Like, I think he's it, it works good for Kirby now that Saban's out of the way. But you know, Kirby could coexist fine with Saban. Does this help Tennessee? Maybe a little bit. Uh, but I think the biggest beneficiary is Hugh, and I think. Um, while I don't think like Kalen DeBoer is 
a hire that Auburn should celebrate. I think Hugh probably does like that DeBoer is going to have to make up ground sure. when it comes to the relationship aspect. And, and that's one thing that Hugh's got down uh, in, in terms of recruiting relationships in that footprint, right? Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, we, we saw the reports last night of Tommy Reese being a backup candidate. I, mean, I, that would have been the, I laughed so hard at that because that was why actually, I was thinking, what is he going to well, be like the interim for a year while well, they find the actual coach? No, I was just laughing and go, I assume he's a Jimmy client too. Like literally <laughs> when I first saw that, I was like, I assume he is a Jimmy client too. Yeah. I couldn't make heads or tails of that other than, I mean, did he get maybe some sort of courtesy interview? Was that like to try to calm, calm the guys internally uh, of like, hey, we're, we're thinking about an in-house promotion. I didn't totally understand those reports, but I thought, you know, on on the off chance that it happened, which I never really believed that Tommy Reese was going to get the job, but I thought then they're going to be popping the bubbly uh, on the plains at Tennessee, or everywhere. They 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 would throw. A they did what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, mean, I was just thinking if they hired Tommy Reese. And I do my SEC coach rankings in the moment. Like Alabama would have like the number 14th ranked coach in a 16 team conference. Uh, but that's actually a good a good thought to to kind of get back to the Kalen DeBoer thing. Wait, hold on, hold on. Who would be worse? Uh, Clark I mean, Napier I... and, and Clark Lee are kind of on their last leg. So based based on what we've seen, I almost have to put. Billy and Clark at the bottom of the list at this point, and and just the the unknown factor, I guess, could keep Tommy Reese out of the basement. Yes. I don't know. Like he, I was even thinking about like he as an offensive coordinator, he was fine. Like that was the best thing you could say is like, which I guess you could say that about Clark Lee, and at least he doesn't have the stink of like two years of no losing really bad. It's it's almost like it's almost like he's 14th because we don't know that he's bad. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, and that's that's kind of what I was getting at. But the the other way you could have looked at it was Mississippi State would have hired a better coach than what Alabama would have. I mean, the whole yeah. the whole idea of Alabama hiring Tommy Reese is yeah. just mind boggling, right? Uh, but now let's get on the flip side of that. Who they're actually closing in on the hire here with Kalen DeBoer. I think on day one, and I'm not saying these rankings lists are worth anything, right? But I think you would have to have DeBoer in your top five of SEC coaches, and that might be playing it conservatively. There would be some who would have him in the top three of SEC coaches, but I, I, I don't think most people would go any further than five on the pecking order of, of putting DeBoer in there. And I think, you know, on the heels of having to replace Saban, I think being able to hire a guy who on day one would step in as a top five coach in, in the conference I think that's pretty good stuff for Alabama. Well, he's come in and he's had an immediate impact at all these divisions, especially once he got to FBS, you know, whether it was Indiana and Fresno as a coordinator, uh, Washington, obviously, as the head coach, even, where was he at, North Dakota State, right? He was at uh, Sioux Falls. Sioux Falls, Falls. yeah. 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 But, like, do you, I mean, do you think this is going, like, if you had to predict right now, I'm not saying, I'm not going to say he needs to, you know, a seamless transition would be making the playoff again next year. But, like, is he going to get through this relatively smoothly in your mind? Do you think there's a likely scenario where he's, you know, this train just keeps on rolling for Alabama? Or would you say it's more likely they falter and, you know, he, you know, goes through some rough, you know, he loses four games in his first or second year or something like that? Like, what, what, how do you see this playing out for DeBoer if you had to predict today? Do you think it's going to be rocky or smooth? 
I think I guess I would describe it as there could be a stumble out of the gate. Now, a stumble out of the gate, I say that like grading on the Alabama curve. That'd be like losing and four games, right? Like yeah, losing exactly. four like, games. I think, I think eight and four would be a stumble out of the gates, or, or even nine and How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.